48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The government says there's no need to tighten social distancing measures, even though authorities have confirmed the first new local COVID-19 cases in three weeks. Pepper spray is deployed in a Shartin mall as protesters mark Carrie Lam's birthday with multiple demonstrations. And pro-government legislator Abraham Sheck urges Frank Chan to resign as Transport Minister to take responsibility for an MTR construction scandal. The government says there's no need yet to tighten social distancing measures again, even though health authorities have confirmed Hong Kong's first local COVID-19 infections in over three weeks. A woman and her granddaughter, who both live in Chin Wan. Altis Wong reports. The 66-year-old COVID-19 patient lives in Chin Wan, so does her five-year-old granddaughter, who's also infected. Several other family members also have symptoms. Neither of them have been out of Hong Kong recently, and authorities are keen to figure out exactly how they got infected. She travelled daily through the minibus. She also visited some markets, and also her household contacts may also be a source. Dr Chuang Shukwan of the Centre for Health Protection said officials will test all 860 residents who live in the same buildings as the patients, along with people who work in wet markets frequented by the woman. Undersecretary for Food and Health Dr Choi Taki said sporadic new local cases are unavoidable, but there's no need to tighten up social distancing measures just yet. With a new confirmed case uh, for one day, we will observe very closely the trend and decide whether we need to adjust the measures accordingly. Education Chief Kevin Young says unless things change, schools will still resume classes gradually starting later this month. At this stage, we still maintain that the schedule for class resumption will stay the same. He says schools and educators have been given guidelines to follow to minimise the risk that the virus will spread in schools. Sources say a preliminary test on the woman's husband has also come back positive for COVID-19. The head of the University of Hong Kong's medical faculty, Gabriel Leung, says Hong Kong should be testing 7,000 people for coronavirus per day instead of just 1,000. Professor Leung says tests should be carried out on vulnerable people such as elderly residents in care homes, as well as people whose jobs brought them into contact with the public. We should be making best use and maximal use of that testing capacity so as to help us find the asymptomatic or subclinical chains of transmission. Clearly, from at least this one case and a couple of other instances in the past, there are unlinked local cases without travel history, which means that there are clearly asymptomatic or subclinical chains of transmission that we have not been able to detect. An undercover officer deployed pepper spray at a Shartin mall this evening as hundreds of protesters gathered in malls across Hong Kong to mock Chief Executive Carrie Lam on her 63rd birthday. Timmy Sung reports. Scattered groups of people had gathered to sing protest songs and chant protest slogans at a new town plaza in Shartin. At around 9 o'clock, police say an undercover police officer spotted what they described as a rioter, smashing electronics, screens and other things up at the shop. He moved in to stop and subdue the man. While the maskless officer was sitting on top of the suspect, another person then opened an umbrella and thrust it towards them, prompting the officer to unleash a burst of pepper spray. He then turned around and sprayed a journalist as well. 
There were similar protests at other malls in the territory, with many chanting Falga slogans directed at the chief executive Carrie Lam. Pro-government lawmaker Abraham Sheck has called on Transport Minister Frank Chan to resign to take responsibility for construction flaws at the MTR's Hongham station. He was speaking through an interpreter during a debate on this year's budget. On the one hand, he's monitoring his own bureau, his departments. He's also on the board of directors for the MTRCF. It isn't just a matter of docking his pay. He should have been fired, even if he could, can't solve the problem. What is meant by the accountability system? I think he's supposed to take up the responsibility and he shouldn't have failed us. An apology is not enough. A Commission of Inquiry report published yesterday said the station was safe but criticised the management of the development. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The government has demanded RTHK return a Kowloon Tong building which had previously been used to produce education programmes. The Education Television Centre on Broadcast Drive is to be returned to the Education Bureau by September. The broadcaster's head of corporate communications, Eamon Ng, says the station was informed just yesterday and will try to negotiate to push back the deadline because lots of equipment and staff will have to be moved. There is around 90 staff inside the ETV building. Uh, Taurus is really at short notice. I think we have to have a plan that uh, is it available to accommodate our staff in our current location. And do you think that there is a political element to this that, that is related to the government's criticism, ongoing criticism of RTHK? I, I don't want to have any forecast for our prediction of that as well. Yes. The Education Bureau said it was reasonable for RTHK to return the premises as it was no longer providing educational television services. The Bureau says it needs more office space. DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quatt says RTHK should have expected to have to move out sooner or later as they stopped producing educational TV programmes. But she says the government should be able to help with the transition. Government uh, should consider giving RTHK an uh, extra budget to uh, relocate the uh, equipment if needed. Civic Party leader Alvin Young said it's clear the government is trying to suppress the broadcaster by cutting its resources when RTHK is already struggling with a lack of space. If this government is serious about public broadcasting and if this government is serious about supporting RTHK, then they would not have done what they are doing. A rights group has accused police of systematically torturing anti-government protesters in a new report it intends to send to the United Nations and other international bodies. The Civil Rights Observer interviewed 45 arrestees during the unrest between July and November, 13 of whom said they were seriously assaulted. Icarus Wong is the group's founder. Hong Kong have a certain character of uh, police state that our human rights and liberty is not guaranteed under the law. And the law enforcement agency is not respect human rights so that they can do anything they want when they think that they are discharging their duty. RTHK has sought a response from the police. Three United Nations human rights experts have urged the government to drop charges against 15 prominent pro-democracy figures over their alleged involvement with several anti-government protests last year. The special rapporteurs say no one should be subjected to criminal sanctions for taking part in a peaceful protest, even if it requires approval by the police. They say they fear the chilling effect these arrests aim to have on peaceful protests in the territory. Media tycoon Jimmy Lai and several former lawmakers, including Martin Lee and Margaret Ng, were among those charged in relation to the protests. Their trial is due to start next Monday. 
A group of people gathered outside the North District Town Hall in Shengshui this morning to pay respects to an elderly cleaner who died during clashes between pro and anti-government protesters exactly six months ago today. The 70-year-old man died after being hit in the head with a brick. Two boys, aged 16 and 17, have been charged with his murder. Dominic Lee, a former Liberal Party member, was among those attending. He said the event was a reminder that violent protests could have fatal consequences. There's been a fresh outbreak of the coronavirus in the mainland city of Jilin, prompting the authorities to reimpose the restrictions on movement. They've cut transport links and closed schools, gyms and cinemas. Here's the BBC's Stephen McDonnell. These measures have been introduced following a cluster of domestic coronavirus cases, dozens of them, and it's being traced back to a cleaner in a large police station. This is a police station with hundreds of officers. What this shows you is that the Chinese government now has an attitude that if there's a cluster anywhere in this country, no matter how small it is, they are going to crush it with very strict measures as a way of trying to prevent a second wave passing through the country where this global emergency first started. Thailand, which was the first country outside China to record a case of COVID-19, has reported no new infections for the first time in more than two months. Lockdown measures are being eased. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports. With tens of thousands of visitors from Wuhan in the country at the very start of this epidemic, Thailand was then expected to be one of those worst affected by the coronavirus. That hasn't happened. Thailand has kept infections at remarkably low levels, with just 56 deaths and around 3,000 cases. In part, that's due to efficient monitoring and contact tracing from mid-January to a comprehensive network of health volunteers across the country enforcing quarantine on possible carriers of the virus and on strong public compliance with the advice and orders from the government. President Trump's former campaign manager Paul Manafort has been released from prison to complete his sentence under house arrest. The 71-year-old is serving a seven-and-a-half-year term for tax and bank fraud offences. Manafort's lawyers requested the transfer on the grounds that his age and pre-existing health conditions increased his risk of serious illness from COVID-19. Back in Hong Kong, DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quatt has lodged a complaint with the Equal Opportunities Commission, urging it to look into what she called the sexual harassment of two policewomen by a citizen journalist who was live-streaming a protest on Sunday. The Hong Kong Journalists Association has also criticised the online media behind the video, Civilian Reporters, which has since apologised. Ms Quatt said she felt offended by the clip and didn't accept the apology. For many Hong Kong, Hong Kong women, they are very angry about uh, what's happening and they think that this is this, this kind of uh, opening um, life um, uh, sexual harassment is not, is not acceptable. So I think most of the women that I know, they don't, they don't think that they, they, they can accept this kind of apologies. The EOC's acting chief operations officer, Ferrick Chu, said it would look into the case if the victims came forward to complain. A teenager wanted by police for allegedly making up claims that she was raped by a group of officers has hit back, accusing the police chief of trying to discredit her. Priscilla Ng has details. The police commissioner, Chris Tang, recently said at a district council meeting that officers are planning to arrest the woman, named only as Miss X, on suspicion of providing a false statement. He also said she had absconded and fled Hong Kong. 
But in a statement issued through her lawyers, the teenager accused Mr. Tang of again trying to discredit her after having previously made public comments dismissing her allegation. Seven months ago, I plucked up all my courage to file a complaint of rape and sexual assault by unknown police officers inside Chunwan Police Station, Ms. X said. I hoped and prayed that the complaint would be investigated impartially, in strict confidence and with respect for my privacy and dignity. None of that has happened, she added. Ms. X said she was informed last month that the Department of Justice would not take her case any further, and complained that she has not had a chance to argue her case. However, the statement did not mention whether she has left Hong Kong, as the police chief suggested. DAB Chairwoman Starry Lee says she won't be calling a meeting of LegCo's House Committee this week after a gathering last week was marred by ugly scuffles amid a power struggle for control of the influential agenda-setting body. Ms Lee says she wants to give both sides a chance to calm down. But Civic Party legislator Dennis Kwok, who insists he's the legitimate presiding officer, not Ms Lee, says the DAB lawmaker is trying to abuse the process. He's worried the government will use this opportunity to bypass the committee entirely, to push through a controversial national anthem law. And he thinks giving a time out for lawmakers won't solve anything. Uh, if you try to resolve a political deadlock by using the twisting of legal procedures and uh, reinterpretation of the rules of procedure, by cutting through these usual practices and rules, you're hoping that you can resolve a political deadlock. Well, I can tell you, it's not going to happen. The reason given by Starry Lee for not calling a meeting this Friday, as usual, is that she was afraid that there will be a confrontation. I can remind her that in the meetings presided over by me, there were no confrontations. Sports news, the Hong Kong Amateur Athletic Association and Standard Chartered Bank say the Hong Kong Marathon will return on January the 24th next year, after a year's absence. This year's race, scheduled for February, was cancelled because of the coronavirus outbreak. Organisers say they're guaranteeing entry for runners who had places in this year's event. A reminder of our top stories tonight. The government says there's no need to tighten social distancing measures, even though authorities have confirmed the first new local COVID-19 cases in three weeks. Pepper spray is deployed in a Shatin mall as protesters mark Carrie Lam's birthday with multiple demonstrations. And pro-government legislator Abraham Sheck urges Frank Chan to resign as transport minister to take responsibility for an MTR construction scandal. The news from RTHK. It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's Newswrap programme. Civic Party lawmaker and medical doctor Kwok Kaki is urging the government to test all incoming travellers crossing into Hong Kong from the two land border checkpoints that remain open. Most checkpoints have been closed down as a precaution against the coronavirus and currently only all travellers arriving at the airport are required to be tested. Dr Kwok told Jim Gould that Hong Kong is far from being free of COVID-19, although there had not been a single case over the past three weeks until now. I think the message is quite clear that, um, number one, we are far from uh, the virus-free stage and we are actually facing an, another very uh, difficult issue is how do these, uh, you know, uh, locally spread case coming from? Now, um, on, 
on the surface, we can see, probably can, you know, predict that there will be a, a decreasing trend of the infection as a result of the, a lot of border control. But uh, let me remind you that even as of today, there was not all the visitors coming or the resident coming from other places, including mainland China, need to be tested before they can, they are allowed to enter Hong Kong. It's only applicable in the airport that we are doing this deferral uh, saliva test. If they are coming back from, like in uh, the Macau Chihai Bridge, or they're coming from the Shenzhen uh, Bay uh, border, they are not required to do so. And that is actually the loopholes we are already uh, speak for a long time that they need to be tightened up. Okay, uh, so you think those people should be tested? They should be tested because we now right now we have a uh, capacity of doing more than 6,000 uh, tests per day. But yet we uh, have only slightly more than 1,000 uh, residents coming uh, through the border to into Hong Kong. So we have a lot of spare capacity. And if we are going to do the test, I think they are the priority. And um, so, not uh, so, sorry, do you, do, do, do you agree also that we need more widespread testing in the community to track down people who you know, may have the virus but don't show any symptoms? Yes, we need to. But I think the priority should be always at the border. Because now, for all the locally transmitted cases, the, the origin of the uh, disease or the spread must be uh, transmitted outside. So that's a very important uh, point that we need to stop that. Why can't the government do so? We, we asked for that for more than two months, that they need to tighten up the border. Either they stop all the visitors coming back or they, you know, do some do some testing. Now, the, the worrying trend is not only that, because uh, we are facing another surge of the visitors, which is actually um, at the plans of the government. They actually, they are, they are exempted from doing a test into Hong Kong. If they are doing business in China and the so-called the cross-border student, which is up to 27,000 each day, how could you imagine if they have so many people traveling across the border coming to, you know, into Hong Kong from various parts of China if they want to study here or if they work in China. If we are not intended to do anything on this spot, this uh, group of people, then we are we definitely will have a much increase with increase in the width of this rank in the local. And what we have done in the past will be futile. Okay. The Education Secretary says uh, we're going ahead with plans to reopen schools gradually later this month. Uh, how about that? Okay, they can reopen the school, but if they allow, you know, the cross-border students to going coming back without doing the test, so the conclusion is, or the most likely outcome is that we will have facing another surge of the spread of the disease because you know we, we don't know who is actually carrying the virus into Hong Kong because majority of these virus in the young younger age group will be symptoms. A whistleblower who helped expose shoddy construction at the Shatin to Central Rail Link says he plans to file a legal challenge against a government-appointed inquiry into the scandal. Jason Poon says the probe failed to fulfil its mission of finding out exactly who did what wrong. Joanne Wong has the story. Jason Poon is the managing director of China Technology, a subcontractor that helped with construction at Hong Kong Station. He's not happy with the Commission of Inquiry's final report, even though it criticized both the MTR Corporation and the main contractor, Leighton, for serious deficiencies and said the government deserves a measure of blame as well. 
Mr. Poon is convinced that the probe was biased towards all three parties and did not go as far as it needed to to expose the extent of the wrongdoing in the construction process of the $90 billion project. He says he'll go ahead with plans to seek a judicial review against the commission. The habits of the commission of inquiry is established in the documents. The fact is uh, they are not foreign documents to investigate defects. They are not following the document to investigate whether any party is contradicting or not complying the rules and the cause of the contract. He's also not convinced by the Commission's conclusion that the new line is safe despite the poor workmanship. He said the MTR is adopting a band-aid fix for a much deeper problem. The contract established that the structure is to be safe and suitable for the railway use for 120 years. We must have some certain of safety factor to deal with the decay of the materials and the use of the structure, etc., and the normal maintenance and non-materials, etc. However, the current practice is trying to make some immediate works, additional works, and use of the safety factor to cope with the current structural integrity problems. Mr. Poon wants the government to take more steps to punish both the railway operator and Leighton. Lawmaker Michael Tian, a member of Lechko's Railway Subcommittee, agrees. He thinks the government should make the MTR give back $700 million in management fees for failing to properly oversee the work at Hong Hong Station. He also wants the railway operator to blacklist Leighton and its subsidiaries for 10 years. As for the government, he says the now-retired director of highways, who failed to notice the widespread construction problems at the time, should be admonished. Government should seriously consider a very severe public reprimand. That would send a very strong signal to all other government officials during their last few years before retirement that they should pay close attention to the quality of the work and not think about uh, assuming that I'm going to retire so it doesn't really matter anymore. Nothing's going to ever happen to me. Government cannot touch me. The Secretary for Transport, Frank Chan, says the government will look into who in the highways department were at fault in the construction saga. A rights group has accused police of systematically torturing anti-government protesters in a new report it intends to send to the United Nations and other international bodies. The Civil Rights Observer says interviews with detainees show they were subjected to cruel or inhuman treatment or punishment. Damon Pang reports. The Civil Rights Observer interviewed 45 people arrested between July and November last year. 13 claimed they were seriously assaulted. Three said officers grabbed or hid their private parts. One man said officers had slammed his head on the doorframe of a police van around a dozen times. He said he was only sent to hospital six hours later when he ended up in the neurosurgery ward. And the police had instructed him to wash away the marks left on his face before they went. Another man said he was confronted by police even though he was only shooting video of an argument. He said one officer elbowed him in the throat, leaving him unable to breathe for 30 seconds. Both men said police repeatedly ignored their requests to see a lawyer and be sent to hospital. The founder of the rights group, Icarus Wong, says these findings are very disturbing. Hong Kong have a certain character of a police state that our human rights and liberty is not guaranteed under the law. And the law enforcement agency is not respect human rights so that they can do anything they want when they think that they are discharging their duty. 
The group says an independent body needs to be set up with statutory powers to make an announced visit to any place where detainees are held to safeguard their fundamental rights. Mr Wong says the very least the government could do is launch an independent investigation into the allegations of police brutality. They have to realize they are losing the trust and confidence from the Hong Kong people. If they want to rebuild the relationship between the Hong Kong people and the government or the law enforcement agency, they must respect human rights. Otherwise, the government or the police, they only can govern Hong Kong by using suppression, by using force. The group said it will submit its findings to the United Nations and relevant international civil society groups. The pro-government DAB party says a new survey it's conducted suggested that fake news, manipulative politicians and biased teachers are three of the main factors driving an increasing number of young people in Hong Kong to commit crime. It says 70% of 1,300 people surveyed agree that fake news is to blame, while 60% think politicians are at fault. DAB vice chairman Holden Chow told Candice Wong while they didn't ask any questions on whether the government's own actions may have contributed to the rising crime, they may do so in follow-up polls later. The fake news, politicians, wrongful advocacies and also the education, these are main factors that we consider very important to inspire the youngsters to sort of be against the law or commit crimes. I think uh, one of the examples is uh, Elvin Young from the Civic Party. As a lawyer, I'm very much surprised the fact that he would ask a people or he would urge people to commit crime by saying that leaving a criminal record would make your life better. That is crazy. I think that is ridiculous. But that is something that he advocates. Unfortunately, we have seen that some of the teachers taught their students by using some distorted materials in their curriculum. As we all know that every day the youngsters could read a lot of social media messages and these messages often include some distorted ideas or even some of the messages or fake news messages uh, they would encourage the youngsters uh, to commit sort of crimes or uh, to join some of unlawful assembly. Are these factors among many other factors that you deduce from the survey mm. or is more likely you confirmed your thinking from these respondents? Uh, well, uh, these all three factors are important factors that we should consider. And of course there could be other ideas too. For example, education from parents. There are many other reasons too. But in this survey, we just want to see how these factors interrelated with uh, the youngsters committing crime. Did you also ask about whether the authorities or how the government has been responding could lead to the fact that more young people committing crimes? Uh, well, I think this is one of the reasons, of course, uh, uh, we listen to youngsters all along because, uh, you know, some youngsters also believe that uh, the government should, they should be able to listen to people's uh, requests and uh, they should be more responsive. I think that is uh, one of of the idea also proposed by a lot of youngsters. I think ongoing, uh, we will continue with other surveys to, to, to explore the idea of the reasons behind of the youngsters committing crime. So this is not the end of the story, but of course this is uh, just the first step we do in, in, in sort of exploring these all sort of reasons and ideas. Would you worry that the education sector would be unhappy about your suggestions? Basically, you want a blacklist on teachers hmm. or or making public uh, their curriculum, would you think that is appropriate? Well, I, I, I believe that the 
the vast majority of the teachers in Hong Kong comply with the rules, and uh, uh, I believe that uh, they should not be worried on this because uh, I, I, I'm sure that the vast majority of teachers, they want to carry out their duties, strictly comply with the rule and the good spirit in teaching the students. It's only part of the teachers in the past. They taught the students with distorted and wrong materials and wrong curriculum. That caused problems. And, um, and even if there are any sort of penalties to those teachers, it does not cover those teachers who are uh, sort of strictly complying with the rules. I think who would be concerned or who would be worried are those who are against the rule. Moths. We hate them. Well, most of us do, but new research in Britain suggests we shouldn't. Apparently, they play a critical but overlooked role in distributing pollen, and their networks can even be larger and more complex than bees and butterflies. The BBC's Matt McGrath has more details. Long seen as fluttering pests that make holes in your clothes, scientists now say we have badly misjudged the humble moth. While bees are widely recognised for their role as pollinators, we have overlooked the same job being done by moths during the hours of darkness. This study, published in the journal Biology Letters, found that pollen often sticks to the moth's hairy body and is then transported to a wide range of plants and flowers during their nighttime travels. Not only are their distribution networks larger and more complex than daytime pollinators, the moths help pollinate species rarely visited by bees and butterflies. The researchers from University College London are concerned because moth numbers are still in serious decline due to pesticides and changes in land use. The moth's real problem is perception, they say, and the key to preserving their vital role isn't regulation, but recognition. Those stories were part of the Newswrap programme, which was broadcast on RTHK early this evening. Todd Harding from our newsroom. To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection, always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds. Put the lid down before flushing. Add water to U-traps regularly. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing. Wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell. Fully cover your nose, mouth and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. January to December, we'll have moments to remember. 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 Moments to remember, this is it. Ray Cudero with you from now until 1 a.m. Nostalgia time.
a beautiful opening to nostalgia. Mantovani and his orchestra sung Enchanted Evening. Ray Codero is you from now until 1 a.m. with our kind of music. Coming up now is... Good old Jim Reeves. Welcome to my world Won't you come on in Miracles I guess Still happen now and then Step into my heart behind 